Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rebel. Vicious. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again! The magic man has come up with another trick! Well, there's a chance to seal it! It's done! It's Georgie Kelly! Rotherham United's pathways back to the championship is opening up! Hello, welcome to New York Talk. We are the Rotherham United podcast. And, well... The championship's just easy, isn't it? I don't honestly. It's just so easy. Fifth in league, game in hand, up top of the top of the league. What is alt fuss about? Don't get it. Um, <laughs> uh, so we have another victory to talk about. We we'll look ahead to the Sunderland game um, as well. Um, I've looked forward to this one. Make mix with us first of all. I'm looking forward to this one. I don't know why. I don't know why, but I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, plenty to, plenty to discuss, isn't it, really? Yes, you may even get a Mick rant today. You'll probably almost definitely get a Mick rant today. So, all <laughs> you Mick rant fans out there, get ready. <laughs> um, <laughs> Danny, Danny's with us. How's it going, Danny? Hello, everybody. Um, I think we've just heard from the intro my thoughts on that game. The magic man has come up with another trick, hasn't he? Just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Oh, yes. That man, we'll talk about that man in a minute. So much to cover, so much to cover. Right, let's so let's just welcome everybody in the comments first. Neil Liversidge is with us. Um, he asked about the ball boys or ball, ball boys and girls, which is a question. Um, Mick, do you want to because you you noticed that as well, didn't you? Mm. Lack yeah, of ball boys. Oh, there, were, there were anybody there. there were, that's I think there were about three round ground, um, and, the, and the ones that were there didn't. Particularly seeing that bothered about fetching ball, if I'm perfectly honest. It's only a couple of them. Um, but one in first half where ball rolled literally in front of the ball, boy or girl, and they just sat there <laughs> and watched it roll past. Um, but there don't seem to be very many now. Whether that's a ploy or not, or whether they just can't get them, I don't know. But uh, mm. it was noticeable yesterday, definitely. Maybe uh, he's been taking tips from Gareth Ainsworth, and this is just one of the ways of, of time wasting. Possibly uh, bullying teams or some nonsense like that. We bullied them. We bullied them again yesterday, didn't we? Somehow. F six or Miller. Evening, everybody. What a win! Gav Grund is with us. Evening, all. Um, uh, Rockler says all of us have. I'm getting a nosebleed up here. Uh, we've got so many people with us tonight. Thank you all who are joining us. Subscribe if you haven't already, uh, and if you're already listening, please subscribe as well on Apple, Apple Tunes. 
Apple Tunes. iTunes. iTunes. Rebrand. iTunes, Spotify, everything else in between. Um, so the headline is that Rotherham United are fifth in the championship after five games, three points off top, still unbeaten. Um, we'll come into the specifics in a minute, Danny, and there's quite a lot of specifics to talk about. But that that headline is unexpected. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we, we're the happy clappers at best of times, but I don't even think we predicted that we'd be fifth after five games. Like, like I know it's like it's early in the season and it can happen yet, but like this is like our best start to a second tier season in twenty years. Like, like the last time we'd gone five unbeaten at the start of a championship, well, second tier season. I think Ronnie Moore was in charge. Mm. So it's like I've never seen this this high up more or less in my entire life. So it's like pass me another beer, you, you know? It's fantastic. <laughs> um, but it, we're not there by mistake. We have been very good defensively. We've only conceded twice, which for a newly promoted side, I think makes us the lowest, and then the second lowest overall in the in the division behind Preston. Mm. So it's just like we're not there by fluke. We're just there because we've been very, very good in our opening five matches and hopefully it continues and hopefully we break the record against Sunderland and make it six. Fingers crossed. Yeah, that would be... We'll get ahead of ourselves, but if we won at Sunderland, that would be the best start to a second-tier season since 1964. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mick... Do you want to take a bit of credit first? You predicted you correctly predicted a 2-0 victory. Do you want to give yourself a bit of a pat on the back? Yeah, I can do. I've already done that. Um, I've not collected my winnings yet, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I said, I changed my, I, I, my prediction was going to be 2-1 and then I, I, I said I can't mm. see Victor conceding. Yeah. I just can't, and I can't. I still can't see Victor conceding. Um, it's just, it's just, He's on absolutely on fire, is the lad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that'll do for me. That's uh, that's two correct score predictions out of five games. I'm happy with that. I think it's three in it. Is it three? I don't know. I think it might be three. Mm. Might be three actually. Did I do Preston nil nil as well? Um, you did. Yeah, <laughs> three. Yeah. Listen, three out of five. I'll have that. I'll take that. Right, yeah. Mick. Do you want to get his lottery numbers as well? <laughs> Away while we're finished. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is our best home start to a season after three games since 2013 and 14. Um, and it equals the return again after three home games, it equals the start to the 81 82 season as well, which was also in the second tier. Which again, I think we finished seventh that season, Mick. I think we Something did like that. Yeah. No playoffs yeah. back then, obviously. But. No, absolutely. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, <laughs> we're a hell of a finish. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> Five, games. yeah. Five games. Feet on floor. Come on. <laughs> nope. Um, <laughs> you mentioned Victor. Victor got in the team of the week for the Football League paper, uh, joined by some 37-year-old guy called oh, Richard yeah. Wood. Um Alfie RFC says, hi, hello, lads. How does Richard Wood, how does Richard, how Richard Wood does it at 37 years of age? I will never know. Much of that. Sorry, Alfie. Um, <laughs> but the question still stands. I I, look, I feel like, Mick, I feel like he should be older than he is because 
I'm he's about five years older than me or six years older than me, but it's just much more of a man and a human being than I will ever be. (laughs) (laughs) It just doesn't feel fair, but at the same time, I'm so happy that uh, for him and that he's our player because he's just uh, just wonderful. Everything about him is just great. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly more of a footballer than you'll ever be, isn't he? Yeah, that's unfortunate. There's any doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to tell you. <laughs> Just shows you what experience can do, doesn't it? Yeah. But I mean, the, the, as far as Richard Wood is concerned, it's far, far more than experience, and and it's far, far more than ability as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's there's a lot more to the man. Um, so he is a leader. He's an absolute born leader. Um, and we are very, very lucky to have him. I know he said yesterday in his interview with uh, Radio Sheffield, which I'm sure we might come on to. Um, we might come on to Radio Dida later. Um, yeah. But uh, he said in his interview that he was privileged to, to 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 be able to experience what he's experiencing at the moment in the context of his family as well as the mm-hmm. club. Um, but we're just as privileged to have him with us. Um, it's um, it, it's just fantastic to watch. And every season, he does it again and again and again. And while ever I'm doing this podcast at the beginning of every season, I am definitely going to write him off every <laughs> season. Because he just goes on and proves everybody wrong, doesn't he? He does, yeah. I'm quite quite happy to say that I've seen a few people on Twitter and Facebook eating humble pie, gladly eating humble pie, to be fair to, to those people. Um, and that's, I know, in a way, Danny, that's what we all want. When we criticise somebody, we, we talked about Scott in the midweek about him not being very good. I would be I'm so happy to eat humble pie in three weeks' time because he's amazing. Yeah. Um, and Richard Wood just does it again. I don't, I don't know when he'll stop. It's crazy. <laughs> Richard Wood's a little bit like, um, probably a bit like Warney as our manager. He won't stop until he's told to. Yeah. Um, and yesterday he was even playing the second half with a dead leg, which mm. might be why he scored with his. Um, top of thigh, bottom of <laughs> area, as West Payne described it. Um, but yeah, it, it's just not good. He's still going to be here when he's 50, you know. He'll, he'll, he'll still be Rotherham's captain at 50. And I don't know, we might be in the Premier League by then. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but <laughs> would he put in such a good showing yesterday that he made Troy Dini, who I think two or three years younger than him, look like an old man? It made him look a lot older than he actually was, and I'm sure a few people like this. You see the name on the Tuesday. It's like that. Is that the Troy Deeney, like the hero of Watford, Troy Deeney? And he <clears throat> didn't do very well against us, did he? Really? No, he was kept very. Over. Yeah, pushed Rathman over and made a little bit of an arse of himself. But other than that, he didn't really do much. Would he just completely marked him out the game, really? Mm. And. If Woody can do that at his three years his senior at 37, it's like fair play, Woody. You know, fair play. <laughs> but I told I told you at the start of the season, every Saturday game, Woody starts. And this is why, because he's calm in defence, but he's a threat up <laughs> there's a threat up top from set pieces. He said it himself, he's a threat in both boxes. And I didn't know it was a, a thing to have a box to box centre half. <laughs> but we've got one. He can clear it from his own box and clear it towards the goal in the opposition's box as well. So it's just a win win, isn't it? <laughs> I think it'll be dead chuff being referred to as box to box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Woody, if you, if you ever watch this podcast, right, or someone tells you about this, you are Rotherham's box to box centre half. 
Like it. Uh, Carl Scott says he's a future Miller's manager. Um, yeah, I can yeah, see Paul that, yeah. Goes one further and saying Woody for PM. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have him in charge of anything. Whatever he wants to be in charge, just let him be in charge. I'm sure he'll do a good job at whatever he does. Yeah. Um, the first header mick was typical Richard Wood. It was, there's a ball there to be won, so I am going to win it and head it as hard as I possibly can. Yeah. And that, it was boom, there you go. See it was a bullet, wasn't it? And the, the ball went like a bullet. Woody went like a bullet. It was just ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. If that had been straight at the goalkeeper, it would have still gone in. You know what I mean? It, it was just a fantastic, great run and an absolute bullet header. And it is what Woody does. Um, so, and then another assist for Dan Barlasser. How many is that? Well, they four. Technically four, four but we'll come on to the second goal now. The second goal came from a cross from Dan Barlasser. Hmm. But they haven't given it him as an assist They've, because it came off Wes Harding before Woody knocked it in. So, my wow. question is I don't really understand how assists work. If it doesn't go directly from him to him, does that mean it's not an assist? Surely it has to be the intended ball. Like if just ricochets off something, like if ricochets off the opposition, fair enough, and it's like a clear deflection, fair enough. But if it's just like took a nick off something, just a little deflection, surely it should be from the intended target that gets the assist because he had the intention to play that. But I say so. We'll, we'll get on to who's in charge at EFL these days. I've they've changed hands so many times, I've forgotten. Well, you need to get on to him. We just got now, then that was Bar- <laughs> it's Barlas's yeah. assist. Count it <laughs> in our eyes. It's Barlas's assist. We'll yeah. be counting it end of season when it comes to uh totting up the yeah. uh, award for assists, which would make it would which would make it five assists already. For Dan Barlas, yeah, so yeah. it should be. Um, but again, Mick, uh, it was just. It's just a threat. I don't know how to describe that second goal. It was just there. That, that that was a different type of goal, a very different type of goal yeah. than the first one. It was just lurking in the right areas. And that's again, that's probably just experience, isn't it? It is. It is. But, I mean, the key to it, and I know it's Woody, and I know what we're talking about, Richard, but the ball in is the key to that. That just creates absolute and utter confusion, um, which is which is exactly what it did. And I'm sure if you ain't got touching it, it'd probably gone straight in, to be fair. Because um, everybody would just... Certainly, the defence were just at sixes and sevens. So, uh, but but yeah, fully deserved, fully deserved. What a player! Yeah, it's it's a struggle. Then we talked talked all the week. I think about Barlas struggling things to say. I struggle thing. I struggle with Woody because what could we say about Richard Wood that hasn't already been said by somebody else? There's just I don't know what else you can say in a positive way, in a really positive way. I, I don't know what else to say. I think the other thing now we can just start start to look at his uh, his career in stats, and I think it I think it says something when he scored fifty percent of his overall goals in Rotherham Colours, because <laughs> I think he's got forty one total and he's scored twenty one goals for Rotherham in his career. Like one, uh, well, uh, pointless stat, but it's a stat nevertheless. Since Richard Wood joined the club, there are only two people that have scored more goals for Rotherham United, <laughs> and that is Michael Smith and Fred Ladapo. Bloody hell! <laughs> <laughs> he's now he's, he's now scored the same amount of goals Crooks did while Crooks was with us. But yeah, there's only two strikers that have scored more goals than Richard Wood since he joined in 2014. Bearing in mind, he didn't play for the first 
two seasons, season half under Steve Evans. Mm. Uh, I think I think the elephant in the room from that stat is that there's two strikers and an attacking midfielder there. Yeah. And he's a central defender. <laughs> yeah. Madness. I mean, I know he's had a lot more games, played a lot more games, obviously, but it's not his job. Yeah. He's still leading the way and showing out, showing, showing, showing what people should do, showing people what they should do, should I say? So. I, I have an interesting idea to propose to Warnie uh-huh. involving Richard Wood. Do, uh, do you know, during the Women's Euros, England had a tactic where if they needed a goal desperately, they sent Millie Bright, who is also a centre-half, who just so happened mm. to be number six, and she, and she went and played up front. Now, Warney, take a little bit of um, inspiration from, from the women and go, right, if we desperately need a goal and it's like, what, last 10 minutes, just stick Woody up top. Because you'll have yeah. a front line of, of Washington, Woody and Chio. Now, <laughs> now you've got the pacey one, the workhorse and the wrecking ball. We're going to... You're bound to score with that one in four minutes. There, there you go. There you go. That's, that's my idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at work. Um, I've got money. I need, to, I need to have a word with you. I've got an idea. <laughs> Essex One Miller says that Dan's mum, Alison, has tweeted that he has two assists. So it's two assists. If Alison says so, yeah. that's the end of the conversation. Yeah. As far as yep. we're concerned. Um, <laughs> uh, Tobias, Tobias is with us. He says a very important hey. victory. And only th- 35 points to be safe from relegation. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. You probably need 50 to be guaranteed. To be guaranteed, we need 50. But you are probably right. Well, we, we uh, 44 would probably do us. 45, something like that would probably if, do us. If we could keep your boy fit, Tobias, then we're going to be uh, we're going to be there by Christmas. <laughs> so, <laughs> have a word. Yeah. Make sure he doesn't do daft. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. How many games have we got left? We've got 41 games left, and if it is indeed 35 points, 35 from 41 looks extremely doable on paper. We've got nine from five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, feet on the floor, feet on the floor. Feet on the floor. floor. No. Feet on the floor. <laughs> uh, a few other comments. Jamie says, Championship completed it. Not yet. Jerry uh, <laughs> Anderson's with us. Phil Rowlandson, Neil Taylor, plenty with us. Uh, at the moment, Dean Kately says, um, Dean Kately's with us, and then his kids, Frankie and Eddie, are also with us. Um, Carl Briggs, let's move to Victor. For, for, let's talk about the defence and praise the defence. Carl Briggs says, Victor made some great saves. Uh, with Pamela UK says, all the balls seem to get sucked into Victor's hands. It's a strange one, Danny, because I think Victor had a very good game, but I don't think he was any better or worse than any other game. I thought, this may be me being a bit over the top with I just thought Victor was Victor. Yeah, I mean, Victor Sonny is one of them players where you don't really know when he's had like, like just a standard game, if that mm. makes sense. It's, like, it's a bit like Wilesy. You don't really notice when they've had a standard game because they're good anyway. It's only when Victor's been exceptional, for example, against uh, against Preston, mm. whilst we were under the cosh, that you really notice how well he does. Um, but yeah, like, like with, the, with the balls getting sucked into his hands, that chance Birmingham had in the second half, if you watch it, on I follow um, on the, like, the whole game replay where they have different camera angles. You see how far he's stretched to grab the ball, mm. but it just sort of just hangs there and catches it. And watching it back, it's an incredible save, you know, because because Victor's not the tallest goalkeeper. You know, he's he's not like Jamal Blackman who are about six foot nine. So so for him to get that reach on the ball, just pluck it out the air like it's nothing. It's it's fantastic. But then in the first half, it, it wasn't tested. 
you know, he wasn't tested at all, which I think goes to show how uh, resolute our defence is. Are we just not letting the chance the chances be created? That was last season. He would have had, had to have made at least three or four more crucial saves than he did in the game overall. And I think the total for the game was probably what two crucial saves that he had to make all game. And then there was uh, Scott Hogan's diabolical miss <laughs> in the second half. But yeah, it, again, standard performance from Victor, which is just amazing. Mm. Uh, Damien Duncan says the diamond catch towards the end summed it up, summed his performance up. Yeah, it did. He's very good. He's, I don't know if he's better, Mick, but he's just very, very good at holding on to the ball when he when he, when he saves it. There's no parrying it around the post or wherever possible he's not parrying around the post. Mm. And that takes the pressure away because if you parry it around the post, it, lo- it looks good and it would still be a very good save. Yeah. But it just takes the pressure. There's just, The pressure's gone. That's it. That's the end of the attack. And yeah. it's just such a skill if you can master it, which he seems to be doing. It just helps the rest of the events. The defence can breathe easier, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's on a hell of a run of form at the moment, isn't he? And um, along may that continue. The, the work, obviously, that um, that Andy Warrington's doing with with him is, is clearly paying off. He, he, he's he set the bar so high so far this season um, that you know it, it's 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 remarkable. Um, so I, I just hope that his form continues. He did go down a couple of times in the game of training on a couple Ooh, of times. Yeah, I'm not sure whether that was just a bit of Gareth Earnsworth type um, um, a trickery or, or, or whether he is carrying some sort of injury. I hope not. Um, I suspect it's probably the former <laughs> rather than the latter. Yeah, um, and and it just saves him getting a yellow card, although we're never going to get one of them on, on Saturday that ref. So um, yeah, he, he, like I said, he set the bar very, very high. Uh, and if he can maintain that all season, we ain't going anywhere near the relegation zone. Mm. It's a big ask. It's a massive ask. But if anybody can do it, Victor can. And if he can't, Josh Vickers will step up. Yeah. Um, now is the time where we're going to promote, push him to get into the Sweden squad again. Um, I don't know where his call-up is, but he's, he's going to be due one soon. I checked I check their squad for the Nations League. And they main game players in the Bundesliga, which is all right. I accept that. One of them is Robin Olsen, who's, the, I think, second or third choice Aston Villa, not playing games. And the other one, the last time, was a 38-year-old. 30, um, they, um, they had Dahlberg as well, who was at Doncaster, and then... Uh, they weren't called up last time. Wasn't they? No. It's not really no, but now he has made an appearance, though. He's made a, he's made a cap, yeah. yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Has, he has got a cap, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, listen, if if he maintains this sort of form, uh, call an international call up is inevitable. It has to be, um, in my view. But what's that worth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The other keeper, Jacob Anders, plays in Sweden. Um, but how does the championship compare? I don't know. It's good to know, isn't it? That, that's yeah. somebody else we need to have a word with. Swedish FA, whoever runs that. I've heard which Swedish thing going, nah, then how come our Victor's not being called up? <laughs> You're making a list, Danny. You what, sorry? You're making a list. Oh, we need yeah. To- <clears throat> yeah, I've got a list next to me. So whoever runs yeah. EFL, Swedish FA, Gavin Ward. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, right, let's move on to some other players. We'll move forward. Uh, NSW says Hall, I think, equaled Woody. Uh, they were both excellent. 
Mick, mm. you were fairly critical is not the wrong word, but you. What is the word? I don't know. Um, we'll go with critical. I don't think it's the right yeah, word. We'll go with critical uh, of his performances at times. And I don't think he started very well against Birmingham. I thought he lost the ball a couple of times. Mm. But as the game went on, he became superb. Yeah, but he did. Second half, it was just immense, Grant. I was so impressed with him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it was. It was fantastic. Um, you know, I don't think he lost a, a Mr. Header, certainly in that second half at all. Whether he missed one in, in the whole game, I don't know. Um, the, the couple, like you said, the, the, there were a couple of points where he, he, he miscontrolled it, he lost possession a couple of times. Uh, but other than that, um, it was outstanding, absolutely outstanding. And on one occasion, where he stepped out of defence yeah. and, uh, and he almost scored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that I accept it was probably a misplaced cross, but um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 was, it was absolutely fantastic, absolutely excellent. So, yeah, credit where credit's due. Um, hopefully he can kick on and, and sort of he's in a new team isn't he yeah you know and I don't think he's played much for Middlesbrough so he's probably not had a lot of game time over the last 12 months so again he's, he's, he's got to get himself back into a place where he's got some match sharpness um, and that certainly seems to be coming mm. he was far more involved in this game than he has been in any of the others yeah 100%, 100%. And, and not necessarily from a you know putting your body on line defensive point of view he was just mm. there and involved. So, yeah, excellent game. Excellent game. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Carl Briggs said we look, we look way more like a championship than Birmingham did. That's fair, Danny. Let's talk, yeah. Please talk about Birmingham. John Morello Birmingham is not with us tonight. Uh, oh, I understand okay. why. Um, they were... I don't know what to say, but other than they did not cause us a single, barely a single problem. The problem came from us in the second half, not dealing with the Scott Hogan chance properly. That's it. I, I was I'm not disappointed because I'm glad they were rubbish, but I expected more. I expected more fight, more something about them. They had nothing. I, I, thought, I thought they were terrible. Um, terrible might be a little bit strong. I mean, they've gef- definitely got quality in their team. It's just how did they utilise it? And they haven't found the effective way to do it yet. Whereas us and our squad, we have found the effective way to utilise it, which is why we've uh, won two or drawn three. Um, but it's like with, with Birmingham, they seem to get better when Deeney went off. Mm. Uh, they brought on the uh, the quicker the quicker players. <laughs> that's that's was alarm going off. Oh, is about? I don't know what that <laughs> You burning toast? Is that your fire alarm going <laughs> off? <laughs> it's going off. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's no, no, all right. Um, but yeah, they sort of grew into it in the second half where they knew they needed to get a goal. And a couple of the times they did try the counter and, and like with what happened with Woody, where him and Victor had a little bit of a mix-up. That was only the, the really uh, clear-cut chance. I think the other one, uh, what was the other one? The other one came with Victor's pluck and that was just from a, uh, I believe that was from a corner. Once it was from a corner and then they got the shot away and Victor's plucked it. So they didn't really have much in terms of going forward. Uh, which is great for us, you know, he's the defender. Um, but it's also a testament to us that we didn't allow them many opportunities to show what they were about up front, and that's what you need to do in the championship. You don't you limit the opposition's chances going forward, and you, you should should be all right, barring any uh, <laughs> any bad mistakes. Uh, yeah, like, like I said, Birmingham didn't 
didn't offer much going forward and we just dealt with them, which is mm. what we're about this season. We, we're not here to make up numbers, we're here to deal with the teams and beat them or, or at least get a draw with them. That's what's happened yeah. so far. So, hey, it's happy days. Yeah, yeah. Race Medley says, I would have checked his pockets because Dean is probably still in there. <laughs> possible. Um, move on to a slight negative. Carl Scott says the other chance for Birmingham came when Cameron Humphers pulled his hamstring. Another chance to remember. Sounds like a pretty bad injury for Cameron Humphreys. Looks like it's hamstring. Uh, Paul Warren, without saying, without confirming anything, because he can't confirm anything after the game, um, suggesting that it was a pretty bad one. Players are players know their bodies. I think if they know it's a bad injury, they know it's a bad injury. Um, and Paul Warren says that Cameron Humphreys had tears in his eyes. It'd be a blow, Mick. It's not. It wouldn't be a you know a fatal blow to the season because we've got other players to come in like Jeremy McCart and Wes did really well. But for him himself, the start is had. It's just if he's out for three months, which is probably to World Cup, it'd be gutting for him, wouldn't it? It will be. It will be. Um, and you've got to feel for him. You've got to feel for him. It's uh, he, he, like you say. He's, he's, the start he's had has been absolutely fantastic, and he will be some player. Hamstring injury or no hamstring injury, you know he's going to have a glittering career. There's no doubt about that. Um, he's, a, he's an immensely talented footballer. So, uh, yeah, it, it puts it's a, it's a bit of a well, it's a lot of a downer for him, for us. You know, it's just a chance for somebody else to step up, um, and, and we've got Jamie McCart to step into that role, um, who, who's played really well when he's when he's when he's played. So, yes, yeah, it is disappointing. I'm not, you know, but looking at it from a team point of view, from a club point of view, it's next man up into it. Um, I know that's a bit mercenary, really, but it's all about the points. It's all about points on board, and um, we've got we've got a. Uh, an adequate, at least, you know, at the minimum, an adequate replacement. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Ian Bradley says on the reaction of Birmingham fans, certain Blues fan base really don't like losing. So when the most post-match scenes were embarrassing. Yeah, you get that. You do get that, unfortunately. Um, just a quick mention on the EFL on ITV. Uh, we were the last on, fifth in table. Um, we were the last game on uh, and we barely got a mention. Again, um, yay, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I just want to keep mentioning it. Whatever they are garbage at what they do, I want to keep pointing out until they improve because they've got to, I assume. They haven't, though, have they? You know, they've got it now, they've got the contract, they'll just keep doing what they're doing and think it's, thinking it's a success. Um, you, you know, you look through social media and it's not just Rugby United supporters that are no, it's not that's critical of it, it's, it's across the board. Um, their, their, their coverage is is dire. It really is poor. But uh, whatever. There's so many me. There's so many ways now to get your football content. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, we don't show. We we're not allowed to show um, show match action because um, ITV want to charge five thousand pounds a minute for it. Mm. Um, but uh, but yeah. It, it, Leave him alone. Don't even bother watching it. Just watch it on iFollow. Yeah. You, know, you can yep. watch the whole match for free on iFollow after the game. Um, so why why would you look at somebody who wouldn't know what they're talking about trying to yeah. talk about it? Yeah. yeah. I.S. Ethan says bring back Colin. Bring back Colin. Mark. Correct. Yeah. I know this is the same as you, Mick. Prefers watch your full match replays on iFollow anyway. Yeah. My, my, yeah. my, my, my good wins um, commentary is just so much better 
you know, my little primal role that he licks out, lets out whenever we score. It's brilliant. <laughs> but no, ITV, ITV need to sort it out. I will admit that last night was the first time I watched the ITV highlights just to see if it's as bad as people say they are. And it got to roll through a bit. And they said about, what, five lines about as they went. And now back to um, the, the Friday night game. It's like, is that it? The thing you know, is, it doesn't make any sense because what the, what Quest used to do, which were brilliant and and logical, is they went from top to bottom, didn't they? In in terms of teams, so if you were Norwich and you were first, your game would be on first on the. If you weren't a featured game anyway, you'd be in that order. So if you were, if they were, so they put all the relegation teams at the bottom at the end, so they're together. All the promotion at the top, it just sort of fit quite nicely together. Um, whereas this one, I mean, we were after Neil Preston. I mean, Preston. Not, What's happening in the Preston game? Nothing. Why were we after that game? Nothing happens for Preston. Uh, <laughs> the, the other thing I noticed, and I don't know, you need to go back and watch it. The presenter, mm. the presenter is is in my view. Going back and watch it, it's David David Williams. It's a David <laughs> Williams character. You go and look at it, and it looks just like somebody wow. out of Britain. You know what wow. I mean? Um, anyway. There you go. They, 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 what the ITV did when they when they announced the coverage, they announced the pundits, they announced Dean Ashton's who, who's quite good. Um, who's the who's the guy that last night from former QPR player, Jamie Mackey? Oh. No, um, might have been, yeah. Anyway, and they they announced the female presenter Jules Breach, who is who is actually very very good. I haven't seen her on yet. I haven't seen her on any of the Saturday episodes, but they announced I, I, I it with she... her as sort of spearheading it. I think she was on, like, <clears throat> doing the feature, which was the Watford game. I think they had, like, a feature on for the Watford right. game, and she and she did that. But it's like, Rich Julio, get talking about football there. Yes. Don't just send her to Vicarage Road. Have her in the actual actual studio. She's got a personality. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the guy on this week, last week, they just they just lacked a personality. Mm. And Colin Murray had that about him where he could engage you. And Anyway, we spent too much time on this. <laughs> um, Gavin Ward. Um... <laughs> Mick, we yeah. worked it. So we worked him out, haven't we? Yeah, sussed him. We worked I, him out. Go on, I'll let you, I'll let you explain. Um, well, you look back. You look back at right. Mute, mute the mics. Let Murray's moment. Mute the mics. You look back at the games that I've moaned and groaned and groaned about Danny Ward over the years, and and each time it's a key decision, and each time it's a key decision. Um, and you, if you were, if you go back to I follow and watch that game on Saturday. Every time, and I'm and I'm I'm using that word sort of, and I mean every time, and I accept he's given us a penalty, but he's not made the big decisions. He's happy to make any sort of decision that's not in a dangerous position, that's not going to result in creating either side any danger. So, kind of anything around the centre circle, he's going to give it. Anything at all that's contentious, he will not give. He just won't do it, um, and 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 for me, that screams just a lack of confidence in his own ability. Um, and I say every time because yes, he gave us a penalty. However, however, that penalty, the player who brought Chio down, was made no attempt to play the ball, and his Chio was the last man. He prevented a goal scoring opportunity. How that is not a red card, or at the very least a yellow card, is 
nobody nobody's going to be able to give me an explanation as to why because there were no covering defenders I watched it back it, it has to be in the, at least a yellow card but probably in my view a red doesn't give it he had no choice but to give the penalty he had absolutely no choice whatsoever um he had a cho- when he did have a choice in the first half he didn't give us the penalty which he should have done but anyway it's Gavin Ward you know you, you get what you ex- you know what you're going to get with him and what you're going to get with him, it would appear, is he's going to give free kicks all over the pitch. But anything that's anything that's contentious, he's just going to run away from. That's what he did at Preston. That's what he did at Barnsley. And that's what he did on Saturday. Very, very poor. Very poor. But didn't expect anything else, really, did you? No. And, and even, with, not, even with the penalty, it took him three goals to get it right. Because they had the yeah. three in the first half, and it happened yeah. other end. He's like, "Oh, I have to give it." And I have to answer. He could yeah. not give that one, could he? He could no. not not give that one. Um, and, and just just for clarity, the foul did start outside the box, but the foul continued into the box. Therefore, by 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 the letter of the law, it it has to be a penalty, uh, not a free kick. You like the guy who did the foul would know that, wouldn't you? Yeah, he, he would have thought so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he didn't know that clearly. Um, on the penalty, Danny, every penalty should be scored. It's very, very easy to say that, and that is right. I, I, I do think that. But I do feel a bit sorry for Barless. He's hit it sweet as a nut, and the keeper's got a little bit lucky, to be honest with you. He's left mm. his legs there. I think Ben said in, uh, in the, uh, said in the post-match, in the instant reaction, he's got lucky because he's dove quite late and left his legs in the middle. Yeah. Um, and just Barless will take the next one for me. It's just move on. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think um, is the, the one thing I w- I'm a little bit critical of with his technique was that Barca normally like he goes down the middle, yeah, and he and he scores nine out of ten times. Well, this is just the one out of ten times where he doesn't quite get enough height on it. Yeah, and like you say, the keeper does get lucky to save it. They talked about uh, how oh, he's six foot four and he's got a really good record of saving penalties, but Barca has completely juked him and he's gone the wrong way. But because he's six foot four and he, like you say, he dove late, that's why he saved it. And if he were like two inches shorter, it's a goal. But he's just tall and lucky, and that's why he saved it. Um, but yeah, I think Barlas will look at that. And when he gets his, his next penalty, he'll go high. I think he'll go yeah. high. And I mean, even with the way the goalkeeper was stood, you could see which way he was going to dive. He had all his weight on his left foot. Granted, you can see it a lot better if you watch the highlights back, but you can see exactly the way he's going. And Barlas has seen that, so he's going right and go down the middle, and yeah. he's just unlucky. But for his next technique, <clears throat> exact same thing, you'll come out going one way or other, but go high down the middle. Because going high down the middle when they've already gone, they're not going to save it. Unless they're like Mr. Tickle, you know, when they've got really <laughs> long arms. Yeah, I think when we spoke to Victor, he was talking about penalties. He was saying when you when you take a penalty in normal time, keepers can't really stand up to you because if you stand up and it goes to the side, you look an absolute mug, don't you? Mm-hmm. So going down center does make sense. It's just one of those things that Woody saved him, but then Barl has to save Woody by helping him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's right. Um, Ollie Rathman had another really really good game. Mick is uh, we there was a concern with Rathman that he would get silly free kicks, give silly free mm. kicks away. It would get silly bookings and it would become, you know, because people are good and much easier in the, in the championship. Mm. And 
it's not it's not planned out that way. I know the yellow card yesterday was it was pretty harsh to be honest with you to get a yellow card. Um, but it's taken to the champion like a duck to water. I just I just love the guy. He just screams all over the night, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He does. And and to be fair, I think this new rule rule implementation, uh, the, the the new way that they're implementing the rules has has, has benefited him because it allows yeah. him to play his game. Um, and and the referees are not not falling for this, you know, people throwing them about, throwing themselves about all over the place. So so he's definitely benefiting him, um, and and he's just continued to do what he did last year. Uh, mm. he's, he's so effective at it, so effective. But what I did seem to, what I did notice yesterday, mm. there's one or two other players kind of doing the same thing. You know, Cameron Humphreys, Dan Barlasser. All winning the ball in 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 in, in only Rathbone fashion, you know what I mean? Being little yeah. terriers, kicking kicking around the ankles and just getting the foot between players' legs to 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 to, to get the ball. So it's so obviously rubbing off on some of the others as well, which which can only be a good thing. But it's work rate, man. Wow, unbelievable scenes, absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, hundred percent. Talking of work rate, Danny, Connor Washington. Um, mm. I think, I think we've talked about him a lot, to be honest with you, but I'm, again, never going to stop talking to him. While he plays like that, never going to stop talking about him because the way he closes the man down and his desire to try and win the ball back, or not even win the ball back, just put pressure on the man, is just brilliant. And to have that in your team, and to fair, and Eves came on, he did something similar, to be fair, but on Washington. I, I just think he's, he, again, he's slotted into this team perfectly. Yeah, it's... Um... It's, it's like I say, it's just slotted in. That really sums it up perfectly. It just sort of suits how we operate. <clears throat> same, same with Rathbun, like we've said. Um, but when you press a ball like Washington presses it, and you, you either win the ball and create a chance, or you create the mistake in the defender, and it takes a very good player to get out of that situation mm. without a mistake, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it's not just that it's Washington doing it and doing it very effectively. Everyone does it when we're not in possession and the opposition's in possession in like their final third. We just press the ball and it makes them make mistakes. The, the teams in this division obviously don't like a pressing team when they're knocking it round the back because yeah. they come up against us and <laughs> no, nobody's won against us yet. Yet. Yes, we will. To that yet. Yeah, uh, will. But yeah, Connor Washington, like Ian Bradley said, Connor Washington's work rate is phenomenal. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely, he's um, like we say, he's really embodied the club and the work rate that we put that you have to put in in the club, and it's rubbing off on other people. Like we said, Tom Eve started doing it as well, mm. even though he's more of your stereotypical centre forward on the set piece, like a set piece centre forward, we'll say. Um, but yeah, it's everybody that's doing it, which is great, and it shows that they're working hard and they are fighting for every single point they can get this season. Like we said, we're not here to make up numbers. You know, we're we're here to, to slog it out with everybody. We damn right are. We absolutely are. Um, Ray Smedley says, "How good was the young kid Cuffy from Arsenal?" Uh, Carl Briggs also says, "Enjoy watching Cuffy play. The more minutes he gets, the more dangerous he will be." Um, yeah, I mean his league debut uh, in the Championship uh, for 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 us obviously yesterday or Saturday. Um, there's quite a lot to like about him, Mick. There's quite <laughs> a lot to like about him, isn't there? <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's there's nothing not to like about him, is there? I mean, everything. You know, I mean, I can see why why Arsenal rate him so highly, mm. um, and and that's just from one game having spent three days training with us 
and, and, and never played at this level of football before. So you can, you can absolutely see um, what they see in him. And, 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 I, and I'm absolutely positive there's far more to come from that lad. You can just see, yeah. you know, you know with what we've all watched football long enough to know, instantly recognise a player who's got talent. Um, and he, he definitely has. Uh, but his work rate was up there with everybody else as well. Uh, I, I did see the, the full-time whistle. He almost well, he did collapse. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's obviously he's obviously got some uh, some work to do in his fitness. Um, but oh, mate, uh, it, it's it's a nightmare, isn't it? It is a nightmare. Yeah, uh, wow. yeah. It, he's he's uh, what a prospect. He's got it, Annie. You know when you, you just like you say, you know that he's got it. Whatever it is, yeah, he's got, he's it, got it. it. Yeah, yeah, no question. Um, and if we're going to be going to be able to keep him all season, yeah. wowzers! Wowzers! Jamie, Jamie says we're going to fall in love with a loan player again, aren't we? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, there probably is a break clause in January. Probably that, that's not been confirmed, but with with how loans work, mm. there normally is a break clause. Um, if we're rock bottom, Arsenal might think about calling them back. If we're in a fight for relegation or higher, then why would they call him back if he's playing games and playing minutes? Mm. Um, just to, you know, try and upset everybody a little mm. bit. Um, Connor, Connor Simpson says, Brooke, overall quality, rocket pace, 18-year-old, championship debut. Very impressive. Very, yeah. very impressive, Danny. Just very, very impressive. You sort of forget he's 18, don't you? Because... <laughs> I think it was Les Payne on commentary who said this. He's got maturity beyond his years in football, mm. and and he's just like Washington and Rathburn. He's worked himself into the ground on his debut. Like there are a point where he's made a sixty-yard run down the wing. It's gone out for a throw into us. Um, but he's carried the ball and he's completely blowing after it. And Chio just high fives and goes, "Yes, that's what we want." And. It, Again, he's another player who's just slotted in. He still has, he still has things to work on, which he will in training. And yeah. when he gets a bit more uh, cohesive view when you win the whole team, that will shine through. But to say he's that good and he's not the finished article yet, how on earth have we signed him? <laughs> I, I think the point you just made there, Danny, uh, is about maturity. It's not, not necessarily, well, not just his overall maturity, but his defensive maturity. You know, it, it was 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 something else. You know, for a lad of eighteen, a couple of times because he plays so high up the pitch, both wing backs are playing really really high. So he, he's by definition going to find himself out of position at times, and yet he's still able to get back. Not only make the challenge, but get his body in between the player and the ball, or or whatever. You know, he's effectively get back without giving a foul away, without losing possession of the ball. Um, it, it's it, it's immense. It really is for a, for a lad of his age. And it's exactly yeah. that. He's, he's, he's good at tracking back and getting the tackling. And he's, mm. he said on his interview, he's not scared to do that, which is great mm. to hear from a young kid who's developing as a wing-back slash winger. But also, when he goes forward, it's like he, he beats t- players with the turn. I think there were two P- Birmingham players who just sat down with a turn. <laughs> and, it, yeah. and, and then just plays the ball out and it doesn't really come to anything. But it's the fact he's got that confidence to go, on my debut, I'm a division higher than I played last year and I've got this opportunity. And he just does something like that. It's like, wow, the the um, the confidence and, and maturity that that kid's got 
he will he will go he will he will go places should I say if I put my teeth in? Is he? Um, I hope he is. Yes, yes, he, he's um, just won. Was it under nineteens? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He has played for England. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's, uh, there's, there's no doubt. There's the potential for a full England call at some stage in his in his mm. footballing career in future, isn't there? Uh, develop, no doubt. I think when he gets the season at Arsenal under his belt, he'll be an England team easily. Yeah. And yeah, we can yeah. go. We've watched him at New York Stadium for Rotherham. <laughs> <laughs> Another one made at Rotherham, telling you. He'll be next Tavernier. Bet. I'm calling that now, yeah. next Tavernier. <laughs> but better. Mm. Uh, yeah, He has a way in, defen- in defensive duels. He has, I said to him yesterday, when it looks like it's a 50-50 chance of him coming out with the ball, he just won it so many times. It just looks like a 70-30 challenge in his favour all the time. Mm. I was so impressed with it, with how, how many duels he sort of won when it didn't look like he should have done. Um, I was just impressed, just so impressed with him. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I will just, I'll just put this through the start there. As far as I'm aware, there's only one player to play for Rotherham and go on to play for England so far. Uh, there could be a Dave second. One. There could be Dave a second. One. Dave Watson, as far as I know, is the only one that's mm. played for Rotherham and gone. I think we've had some former England internationals come back, come to us. Yeah, but yeah. only one has ever gone on to play for England. Um, he genuinely could be the second. I, oh, I, in the short space of time, I've been yeah happy, very happy with him. Uh, Ian Bradley does point out rightly that BNC hasn't got the same ring to Reg, which is very true. Yeah, um, but, but we'll 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 find something, Ian. We'll find yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> Powerwide UK says Cuffy ran circles around the Birmingham players, minimal like traffic guns. Yeah, he did it. He's, he's got the, he's got the cheers about him, hasn't he? Oh Do you know from last season the, the attacking sense of Chio, but but with a much better defensive side of his game. Yeah, I, I kind of feel a little bit for Chio at the moment because he's um, his his title of fastest man at the club is. Um, I'm not convinced he's got that anymore. No. Now that's the content we want to see. We yeah. want to see that content on YouTube with something a race between Chio, Bramall, and Norton Cuffley to yeah. see who's fastest. It'd be like a Top Gear race, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring back those two. It, yeah. I'm calling it. Yeah. It's going Bramall, Ogbeni, Cuffey, but it's going to yeah. be close. I think mm. so. Be a photo yeah. finish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we should mention Bramall. I thought Bramall was superb as well. Uh, I thought it is comfortably his best game for club so far. Came off with a hamstring, what appears to be a hamstring something, whether it's a strain or a pull or whatever. Paul Warren suggested it may just be precautionary they took him off for, but we'll see. Um, mm. But yeah, I thought he was, I thought he was superb, Bramble. I was very impressed with him overall, defensively as well as going forward. Um, anybody else you want to point out and mention? Come in, sorry. Yeah, well, on that point, really, you know, we, we lost, we lost Cameron Humphreys. Um, and Cotton and Cohen Bramall in a, a very, very short space of time. Any other season, that would have been a major problem for us. It, meant, mm. it would probably have meant a change in formation. Um, so we just mm. bring on Wes Harding, who played out of position against his old club and didn't put a single foot wrong. Uh, and, 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 and somebody with 500 years championship experience in Shane Ferguson. You know what I mean? It were like... It, it did not affect us in any way, and we we lost two of our better players, our best two of our best players, best performing players, uh, to injury. 
and it made no difference whatsoever. That's mm. the difference between this squad and any other squad that we've had in the Championship in recent years. Yeah. Um, and again, it's about recruitment. It's also about mentality as well, because those injuries happened straight after half-time. In like 49 minutes, I think, Comfrey's went off. Mm. And then a minute, two minutes later, Cohen Brammel comes off. And it would be so easy for us to sort of take that as worlds against us. We've lost two players. Forget about how good they are. We've just lost two players because of, because of non non incidents. And well, God, you know what we're going to do now. But there were none of that. Were there? There were absolutely none of that. They were on it all the time, and they've been so strong in these five games so far. I've been so impressed with the mentality of the team. There's been no heads down. We when we considering against QPR, there was no heads down and frustrated and angry. Swansea, there was none of we conceded. It didn't matter that we conceded. The game continued as it did. Mm. Um, I think with Birmingham, from an attacking point of view, I, I felt from a mentality point of view, we spelt blood. We know we knew there was something there and they went for yeah. it and went for it. Yes, it took time for the goal to come. But I thought the mentality the players showed was fantastic. And again, that is hugely important if you're going to stay up in this division or do anything in this division. Mm. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Um, before we move on to anything else, I should point out we are now technically eight games unbeaten in the championship, um, uh, which is uh, the best run under Paul Warren in the second tier. Now it spreads over two seasons. You know what I mean? I accept that. But technically, we are eight games unbeaten under Paul Warren in the championship. So mm-hmm. there you go. On a roll. Hmm? On a run. On a, on a run. I, I suspect that's the longest current unbeaten run in the championship. I may be wrong, but there can't be many more from last if, season. If you, if you roll it over from <clears throat> last season in League One to now, I think we're like the third longest run in the EFL because I think yeah. it's Ipswich and Doncaster who have got <laughs> nine, and then we're sat nice and pretty on eight. So that's that. So that so it's the same yeah. for the last time in the championship and as a straight rollover from last season. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. Jimmy thinks Ben Wiles should have done better with his free shot he had. Yes, he should. Uh, but I think Chio had a chance that he maybe should have done better with as well. Um, we've got to we've got to get better with him. Let's not sugarcoat these kind of things. You've got to take those opportunities. Um, but we won in the end. We won, so the pressure's off. We don't have to worry about it too much. Um, and Grokov uh, says Wood's interview to the team is not scared of anybody. And that's the. But I can see that. I can see it by watching them play. They are not scared of anybody. Um, no, absolutely, it's not very obvious. Anything else we need to touch on from the game? Nah. Other than the fact that Paul won't talk too much on Radio Sheffield. <laughs> did, did you ever mention uh, some some teams who might perhaps be in League One um, get more credit than Rotherham United should be doing? It's like, ooh, I wonder who that's to dig at. That tweet is just it's it's a thing of beauty, and it, and if you've not seen it, I, I've certainly retweeted it, and quite a few other people have retweeted it as well. Get sit yourself down with beer, read the tweet, and then go, then just scroll through some of the comments. <laughs> comments were amazing, and it's like no, none of our fans even instigated it. They just well, did it themselves for our entertainment. It's, it's beautiful. I, I think the, the reason why Radio Sheffield started doing it is just as magical as well because Wednesday have moved where they do the interviews from where the live line comes into Hillsborough, so it's impossible for them to do 
players will grumble from Hillsborough. So they've gone, what do we at Rotherham? Because <laughs> Sheffield United have already played and they were away. So what do we at Rotherham? So they've got nothing to complain about. It's your own fault for changing where you do your interviews. Don't have a go at us. It's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's oh, Loved it. Loved it. Um, we should mention JJ, uh, Josh Cody, is going out on loan. The rumour I've seen is similar to Kim Haywood. I've heard it's MK. Not sure mm. how, but I've seen MK and somebody else linked with him. I can't remember else I saw linked with him. If he goes to MK Dons, that's a grab, be a great loan move for him. A brilliant yeah, yeah. loan move. And he's linking back up with Will Grigg as well, which that's I think yeah. will further yeah. his development as well, because it's someone who he knows uh, through play, playing together and it's... Uh, it's someone who we a lot of experience we can learn off. So if it is MK, that's a fantastic move to him. Also, again, from not that it matters, it gives MK a different option. Mm-hmm. When we played them last season, they beat us. Let's be fair, our players, they beat us. But they don't have an option to just sort of play the channels or go direct. I know Morris is a very good player, but he's not as physical as JJ. So it gives them a different option to go a bit more direct if they choose to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it would be a really good move for him, that. Yeah. I agree, completely agree. Uh, uh, Crackle also says, can we mention we are still a long ball team? Yeah. Some yeah. of the football that we played yesterday on Saturday. Do you know it some of the one-touch good. stuff we played at Edge of Boxing? It was awful. Mm. <laughs> it was useless, that's it. I don't, I don't beautiful, wasn't it? It was yeah, so yeah. good. It was like one-touch stuff with Barlas and Rathburn, Wiles. It was just... Oh, that back heel oh. flick that Rathburn did as well. It was like, oh, where's that <laughs> yeah. come from? It was brilliant. <laughs> and, and hopefully we say we play the same sort of football on Wednesday as well. Yeah, hopefully so. Uh, let's move ahead to Sunderland. Um, this is an interesting one. Let's start with where are we? Ref Watch is Tim Robinson. Um, he last refereed us at the 1-0 home loss in the COVID to Birmingham. Uh, no, games of, no games of note particularly. Um, he does have a Rotherham incident of note. Uh, which I do have to bring to the attention. Um, we're in Paul One's first season in charge when we got relegated in the championship. We went to Sheffield Wednesday and lost 1-0 to a penalty late on, which Richard Wood was given a judge to have fouled Stephen Fletcher, which was not a foul. Um, he was him. He was him. That was him. Um, well, so. I, I, we've got the perfect punishment for him then, haven't we, really? Um because he's now got to travel all the way up from West Sussex to Sunderland on a Wednesday night to referee a game. So, says your aim, mate. Yeah. <laughs> very, very true. Yeah, he's obviously upset somebody for that trip, hasn't he? Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's not like um, Keith Stroud, who lives in Bournemouth and gets to ref Bournemouth all the time. Well, that's probably what it is. Bournemouth are probably playing on Wednesday night, so we couldn't have Keith Stroud because he's, he's refereeing Bournemouth game for him to win. <laughs> really sorry for him after Saturday. Uh, yeah, he, he's obviously upset somebody for that uh, that little trip. I think so, yeah. Um, we'll find a referee who's closer. I mean, like, 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 like one that? from Cumbria or something, at least yeah. in the same I mean, neck of the woods. They, they couldn't possibly find a referee that's further away, <laughs> apart from Keith Stroud. You'll <laughs> have to set off tomorrow to get there. Yeah, and I, and well. I have a full night's kip. It's like, right, I'm, I'm off to go and referee over me Sunderland. Not until Wednesday, and it's Monday. <laughs> it's in Sunderland. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, there's quite a lot to cover in the Sunderland game. We may, we've gone 58 minutes talking about one game. We'll cover the next one. Um, there's this is more of a fact than a stat. Um, we have never played at the Stadium of Light in the light. 
Um, every time we've gone to gone to the stadium, like it's been an evening game. Um, <laughs> pointless information, but it is a fact. It is factual. Um, <laughs> just quite like that one. Ben would probably dislike that one. Anyway, um, we've also never won there, and we've only ever won in Sunderland once, and that was in 1959. Oh, um, not a happy hunting ground. But, Mick, is this the best time to play Sunderland? Alex Neal has left. Uh, even, I'm sure everyone does know this, but we'll just sort of recap the story because it is quite interesting. Alex Neal obviously got them promoted. Recently signed new terms, but was on a rolling twelve-month contract. Stoke came in for some. Came in last week after sacking Michael O'Neill, and he essentially seems to have claimed that Sunderland have not backed him during the summer months, uh, and has decided to take up Stoke. I, I don't know his contractual situation at Stoke, but has chose to take up the challenge at Stoke City. I suppose we're not here to talk about whether that's a good move or not, because why would we? But. Is this, does that make it a good time to play Sunderland or potentially a really bad time to play Sunderland? I think it's a good move for us, depending on why he's moved, doesn't it? I mean, ultimately, it depends on why he's moved. Alex Neal seems to me, and again, this is just purely opinion, looking from the outside with very little knowledge of the inside, so it's probably not very valid, but it strikes me as being a, a pretty straightforward kind of guy, you know? He mm. seems a, an honest bloke. He doesn't seem to me somebody... Who, who would it doesn't come across as the type of type of bloke who would you know try and go behind people's back or anything yeah, else. I mean. It doesn't seem that kind of bloke. Um, but if you part that to one side for a minute, Sunderland have a checkered history, shall we say, of, of owners doing the right thing for the club. Um, you know, they, they they over recent years they've they've basically just. Well, they've they've made such a mess of the club, technically from the Premier League to League One. Financially, it's been in a mess. Could you see the fact that they've not backed him as a manager, or they've made false promises to him? Yeah, I could. Mm. I absolutely, I could. Yeah. Um, and if that is the case, um, the players will be well, well aware of what's going off behind the scenes as well. Um, if he's gone because they haven't backed him, the players are not going to be playing. To their, you know, to the level that they would be, it is we would in that set of circumstances be a great time to play them. Um, whether that's right or not, who knows? There's talk that Tony Mowbray's going to take the job, yeah. um, which which is fine. But Tony Mowbray is a manager who needs time to develop uh, his squad, needs time to develop his playing style. He's not going to just come in. Overnight and and then and, and hit the ground running. He's not that kind of manager, is he? I don't think. I don't think so. No. Um, so I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I can absolutely see that the the the, the board or the boardroom at uh, at Sunderland have, have have not done the job that they're supposed to be doing in terms of the manager. I can absolutely see that. Whether it's right or not, I don't know. But you know, I, I won't be at all surprised. Fingers crossed. Yeah, because it's going to affect the players, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we haven't got a scan report tonight because of with a couple of reasons that because of the change in manager, what could a Sunderland Sunderland tell us about how they're going to play that we don't already know? We don't. It's a change of manager, we don't know. Um, and we obviously have a lot to cover already. But Danny, what's your take on the current Sunderland situation? How it plays into our hands or not? Um, 
Based on how they played against Norwich, they sort of had a good game, but didn't take the chances. So it could be mm. the fact that they haven't had um, had the manager to lead them through that and change things and motivate them and such. But in my opinion, it can go one of two ways. Either it could be our first win at the Stadium of Light because they've sacked the manager and we've got a bit more of um, a leadership figure in Warney and they've now have to find just somebody to lead them through it because I believe the guy who took charge of them against Norwich has now gone to Stoke. Um, <laughs> with, with the, um, oh dear. You, you, you laugh, but the, this, is the, this is the one good thing I got from that ITV thing because they said just after the Sunderland highlights that we can now confirm that... Um, I forget what his name was, but he's also come to Stoke to be, um, is it Alex, Alex Neal, yeah? yeah? Yeah, to be his assistant. It's like, oh, God, so now the interim manager's gone. So so if anyone does know who might take up the mantle for the Rotherham game, please let me know, because I've got no idea. It might be Kitman for all I know. Um, yeah. So that could either play into our favour and, and help us out and actually finally get a win at the Stadium of Light or the Stadium of Night, as it should be called. Thank yeah, you to Power UK. Said yeah, that. Power UK. Yeah. Yeah. That fan. is perfect. I'm using that in the vlog for Sunderland. <laughs> um, but then on the flip side of it, it could also play against us because now they might, I don't know, they might play with a bit more freedom or they might just go, we'll just play however we want to play and they might just try and finesse a 1-0 to keep yeah. the results ticking over until the next manager comes in. They're the, they're the two ways it'll go. It'll be a tough game regardless, 100%. And I think Sunderland um, really starts like the big tests that are coming up because we've got Sunderland, um, Watford at home next, yeah. then Sheffield then, then United away, Middlesbrough away, all, all those coming up. So this could be the start yeah. of really testing run of games. I think the first test we really had was Swansea followed by Preston and now mm. Sunderland's the next one. Um and hopefully we change hist- we change history a little bit. We did that against Birmingham, first home win since nineteen eighty nine. Yep. Uh first win over Birmingham at New York and I think now it might be time for the first win at the Stadium of Night. So we'll wait and see. Agreed. Agreed and agreed. I hope you're right. Um yeah, it could be a good night because it's one of those games that if we go ahead early and we you find this with big crowds normally, and we know there'll be a big crowd at Sunderland because there always is because they're a very well supported club. If you put them under pressure early doors, the crowd will get on their backs. Bear in mind the situation as well. The, the fans may not be feel like they're getting on the fans back, they may feel like they're getting the club back, but that feeds into the players. Mm. And if that puts a negative spin on the players, that, that can really, really fit into our into our game plan and what we're trying to do. Um, but if we allow them to take control of the game, then things can go another way. That'll galvanise the fans and get the fans behind them. And it depends on and, and depends on how we do. And what I will say is we have started pretty well in all our games so far. Mm. So It feels to me that Sunderland are a club that the fans are very quick to turn. Mm. I, again, I have no basis for saying that. It just That's just how it feels over the years. Yeah. Um, that you know they, they they do turn quite quickly. Might be wrong with that, um, but in the game that we when we played them last season at their place when we were one 0 up, they turned. Yeah, they started to turn on the on the team, um, and then they were pushing for playoffs. You know, so or they were in the playoff positions. So uh, you know what I mean. 
it, get the crowd on the back somewhere away. And the best thing is, there's more, <clears throat> there's more fans there this season because they're back in the championship. The yeah. um, we've come out at woodwork and gone, oh, back in the championship, we can go now rather than being in League One. Yeah. So if we start on the front foot and really start to not wind up their fans, but like get to them a little bit by playing so good, then it could be their downfall. Because because um, I think it was on the moment of truth where they say if all them fans get on your back, it's a lot worse to be in a bigger stadium than it is a smaller one. Yeah. Um, the one the one thing I remember from that episode is that young fan having a go at Warney saying you've not got a stadium like this. It's like no, the attendance police has started in the pre-teens. Oh dear. Well, that's it's exactly that. We don't have a stadium like that. Yeah, we don't. We don't have forty thousand people getting on our team's back when we're doing badly either. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How are you, Can we get a Newcastle striker in for Wednesday just for a game? It's fine. We got Balasso. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Balas will have blade and races on the coach going up to Sunderland. <laughs> um, um, we also got a comment, Danny, saying you deserve a four-game ban for the negativity against Birmingham when you said we weren't going to win. Yeah. Um, well, less than aren't you? You want to know worst thing as well? My prediction is not a win for Sunderland either. <laughs> it's not a win for Sunderland? No, no I, I reckon it'll be a draw. Because every oh, time okay. I've been to Stadium of Light, it's been a 1-1 draw. It might be third time lucky, I don't know. But every time, it's been 1-1. And it's annoyed me every single time. We've had three draws and a loss. I think there's four games over at Stadium of Light. Three draws and a loss. And uh, I've seen two and the two draws. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Both 1-1s. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do we think we're going to set up, Mick? The, the questions are on people like Richard Wood. If Richard Wood plays Wednesday, then Saturday becomes a problem. So would you rest him for Wednesday? For home game against Watford, or just playing now because he's fit and it's a winnable game. No, I think uh, I think you give a rest. I think you give him a rest. Um, drop Grant Hall into the middle. Um, bring in, bring Peltier back, who was rested yesterday. Yes. by all accounts, um, you've got Wesardin to bring back as well if necessary. You've got um, you've got. Um, yeah, Jimmy Jim McCourt to bring back right. his name for a minute. Yeah, yeah Jimmy McCourt. Who was he? Needle got stuck then. Uh, <laughs> to bring back um, as well. So no, it was. I, was, I, I wouldn't start, would he? I'll be honest. I'd have him on the bench, um, and then formation just because well, we know what the formation is. Everything in front of the defence stays the same for me, except um, Ramble. In front of the defence. It's just your back five, so you just put Fergie's in there and say, um, job done. If, if not, if uh, Norman Cuffy needs needs taking out, which he will because he's 18 year old, he will need managing. Just chuck mm. Wes in there, can't you? Yeah, that, yeah. that's mm. the benefit with Norton Cuffy coming in is that you can chuck Wes in there when you need to. Yeah, um, so yeah, that, that's an option. Danny, can you see any other changes midfield three and front two? Do unless Eves is fit, even if he were fit, it's probably still keep it the same, wouldn't you? Yeah, but I think it just depends on how we need to. <coughs> excuse me, we need to. Um, what's, what's the term that we use? Uh, fatigue manage players. Yeah. I think that's the only time that you bring changes in, like maybe Lindsay for Rathbun, but can't really see that after his performance. But again, we Woody. If if Woody wasn't, I know I'm contradicting myself from what I said earlier, but if he wasn't 37, it'd just keep ticking over and playing and playing and playing. But yeah. we need to manage his fatigue and he got a dead leg. Uh, at the end of the first half, which he played through. So, we need to wait and see about that. But if Woody is up for it and he's not going to uh, be blowing, 
I'd start him after that performance, but it's just managing it. Uh, like we've said, and if we do does need a little bit of managing, just bring Peltier in. Yeah. You know, and it's Great the fact that we, can, that. So we can say right, we can take him out and put him and put him in his place without any worry whatsoever. Yeah. No, because it's just like they're just good. You know, it's like we, uh, losing Humphreys. It's like right, McCart's going to come in because we know how good mm-hmm. McCart can play. Um, I was saying with Harding coming in for uh, potentially Norton Cuffey, if he needs a little bit of manage, uh, a little bit of uh, fatigue management, that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. the only issue arises if you want to play Wes on the right side of the back three, but you yeah. need to have him at wing back. Then questions. Uh, but yeah, in terms of front two, Washington and Ogbeni. Easy. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought he were pretty good when he came on, to be fair. Mm. Um, that's the first first time I've sort of properly seen him because Stuart Morecambe weren't properly, were it? Yeah. Um, I, I was pretty impressed with him. Um, but yeah. Predictions. Uh, I'm first and last this time. Uh, I will go 2 1 towards. We're going to get his first win at the stadium at night. Mick? Um, I, I'm sticking with my, uh, my Victor prediction. I win 1 0 Millers. If if you're right, Victor will match his clean sheet record from two years ago. Yeah. After six games, if you're right. Well, he's going to match it anyway, isn't he? He is going to match it at some point. He's certainly going to match it before end of end of September. You know what I mean? So, happy days. Okay. Danny, 1-1. Oh, we may have lost Danny. Danny's, Danny's oh. just he's seized. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> uh, let's go through who have in the comments. Andrew Kelly says, odds on Woody getting another brace. Yeah, could be right. Uh, <laughs> Tobias comes in. I wish I had Tobias's uh, positivity. Tobias says, easy three points. Every One time he says it, though, he's right. Every time he says it, he's right. He is <laughs> right. He is, yeah, I know. No. Listen, <laughs> anybody, anybody who wants a little double for Wednesday night, there's your tip. <laughs> uh, we have 2-0 to the Millers 2-1 to the Millers Ian Bradley goes 0-0 oh, Essex 1-0 Carl uh, Briggs says also 1-0 Automatics here we come Parma <laughs> uh, <laughs> UK also says 2-0 I can't see Victor conceding and I think that he thinks they will be a mess after uh, after their manager change Harvey Kelwick says 2-2 and Neil Liverson says 2-1 um, I will get Danny's prediction Danny's Wi-Fi appears to have dropped out we will get Danny's prediction I, I think he's going to go one-one, um, but we will, we will uh, fill it in as and when. Um, Mick, just me and Lee for the final few seconds. Anything else you want to talk about before we uh, we drop out? No, I don't think there's any point. We've gone on for uh, for far too long already. It has been a long episode. Boring people, senseless on a Sunday night. So um, yeah, yeah. There's no, no work tomorrow, is there? So we've got to be happy with where we are, but we need to keep our feet on the ground. We are going to lose some games this season. Um, and, and after Wednesday, the three games after Wednesday are, are, are massively difficult, hugely difficult games against probably three of the better teams in the division, and probably three of three teams that are going to be going to be chasing the automatics uh, come come April May time. So that's probably going to be a, a, a decent test to see exactly where we are. Yeah, uh, but. As, as, I, as I said to you, if, if we can come out of the Sunderland game with either 10 points or 12 points on the board, yeah, 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 that's a great thing to go in, you know, to go into that, that run of games with. 
Of course it is, absolutely. Because there, there's every possibility. Well, there's not every possibility. There is a possibility we could come out of those three games with, with no more points. Yeah. yeah. Um, so well, let's wait and see. Cal Briggs, <laughs> invincible seasons, six wins and 40 draws. <laughs> uh, Danny, welcome um, back. Hello. Yeah, um, my Wi-Fi's gone. Sorry. One one. <laughs> um, you know, you know what? People are having to go at me in comment section for, for, for being <laughs> negative. You know what? Sod it. We're going to win three now. There you go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> we'll win three now. There you go. Um, Wiles, Barlasser, and Washington. Let's go. I reckon. I'll pull that down because if you're right, it's worth mentioning. If you're wrong, we'll just ignore whatever happened, Danny. Don't worry about it. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll go back to being negative and forget this wrong. If we get trounced three now, uh, because I said we'd win three now, then that's why I'm negative today. Um, I think. Can I uh, mention something quickly before? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, uh, suddenly, away is my birthday away day, as I've been saying, and uh, I don't think Dave Skivens will like me showing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, <laughs> I have been to Chantibury and. Uh, I said, did you have any uh, mini kegs left, perchance? And they went, yes, we've got one left. And it just so happens with Marty Miller's. So it's coming on the coach with me. <laughs> <laughs> coming on the coach with me. And the best thing is, my mother's gone out of the way and she's bought party cups to serve oh, the yeah. ale in. So, yes, happy days. I know we're not sponsored on Wednesday. Well done. <laughs> I know we're not sponsored by Chantry Brewery, but that is one hell of a pint. That is lovely stuff. I really yeah, like that. It's exceptional. Absolutely exceptional. And the best thing is in the mini keg, um, I've worked it out and the pints only cost £2.20. Nice. <laughs> it's not bad you get more, more, more or less nine pints in one of them because uh, it's a five-litre keg. Pay £20 for it, so it's roughly £2.20 per pint. Danny's only charging three quid, though. So. <laughs> 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 He's got to make a profit, hasn't he? I mean, to be, uh, I mean, to be fair, the, the party cups are only half pints, so... Um, so happy birthday to Danny um, if you're on Danny's bus Danny will be celebrating his birthday um, we will back on Thursday for what will be a deadline day special as it oh, turns yeah. out accidental but it is going to be a deadline day special my bright yellow tie is in the post as we speak um, <laughs> we, we will be going full Jim White on, on Thursday uh, we'll be going live till 11 well <laughs> probably not <laughs> on a school night <laughs> Um, but I expect you to do the same. It's, you know, it's deadline day, yellow, wear yellow. Danny, are you already wearing yellow? Like, Danny's in. Exactly, thank you. Thank you. Shall I just wear a, a black tie <clears throat> just around my neck? Yeah. Are going to wear that? You won't get into that. No, you won't get into that, that the, the Sweden shirt, I'm afraid. No, absolutely not. It's worth a go, though, isn't it? It's worth a yeah, go, yeah. You've just filmed yourself trying to get in it. And we'll see if we can show it. Won't no, be. you're not going to show that, mate. Mick will be on camera just hear a rip, and it's like, oh, dear. <laughs> um, thank you all for being involved. We've really enjoyed this episode. I've really enjoyed being fifth in the table. I hope it continues. We will be back our swimming Thursday evening for the live YouTube show, which will be Friday morning for the audio podcast, which I think will be deadline day special. I don't expect any activity from our side, but it will still be on deadline day. Special, please subscribe to YouTube if you haven't already. Danny, the vlog tomorrow, Monday yes. morning? Yes, tomorrow morning. Monday morning for the vlog. If you haven't already, you can watch the instant reaction with Danny, Tiny and Mick. Mick was on that one. Mick made his debut. 
the instant yeah, reaction. Yeah. Um, if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you may get your audio podcast, please do subscribe and give us a five star rating. Got like 30, 30 ratings on there so far on Spotify. So thank you, everybody, for giving us one on there. And yeah, thank you very much. And we'll see you all very, very soon. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Mick. Oh, no, go, Mick. Three subscribers we need, I think, is it? Three to get to 700? Uh, so, no, we need seven. Oh, seven. So get your grandmas, granddads, kids, kids. dogs, cats, neighbors. Kid friendly. We're kid friendly. Right, exactly. Seven more. Seven more. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. We'll see you very soon. Bye. Bye. Ravel. Vicious. Brilliant. You're with it. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again. The magic man has come up with another trick. Well, there's a chance to seal it. It's done. It's Georgie Kelly. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.